Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 129. Today our episode is called Turn Your Eyes to God, because one of the themes that we see through the dedication of the temple and in Psalm 121 is this idea that What we can do when we are realizing we are in need, when we realize that we are alone or that we're afraid, is we can always turn our eyes towards God. And He is a God who answers because He is gracious and He is kind and He is the God of love. And so let's read from 2 Chronicles 5, 6 and 7, and then we'll read from Psalm 121. All that again speak to this theme of turning our eyes towards God. 2 Chronicles 5. When Solomon had finished constructing the Lord's temple, he put the holy items that belonged to his father David, the silver, gold, and all other articles, in the treasuries of God's temple. Then Solomon convened Israel's elders, all of the elders of Israelite tribes and families, in Jerusalem, so they could witness the transferal of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from the city of David, that is Zion. All the men of Israel assembled before the king during the festival in the seventh month. When all Israel's elders had arrived, the Levites lifted the Ark. The priests and the Levites carried the Ark, the tent where God appeared to his people, and all the holy items in the tent. Now King Solomon and all the Israelites who had assembled with him went on ahead of the ark and sacrificed more sheep and cattle than could be counted or numbered. The priests brought the ark of the covenant of the Lord to its assigned place in the inner sanctuary of the temple, in the most holy place under the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim's wings extended over the place where the ark sat. The cherubim overshadowed the ark and its poles. The poles were so long, their ends extending out from the ark were visible from in front of the inner sanctuary, but they could not be seen from beyond that point. They have remained there to this very day. There was nothing in the ark except the two tablets Moses had placed there in Horeb. It was there that the Lord made a covenant with the Israelites after he brought them out of the land of Egypt. The priests left the holy place. All the priests who participated had consecrated themselves, no matter which division they represented. All the Levites who were musicians, including Asaph, Haman, Jaduthan, and their sons and relatives, wore linen. They played cymbals and stringed instruments as they stood east of the altar. They were accompanied by 120 priests who blew trumpets. The trumpeters and musicians played together, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they loudly praised the Lord, singing, Certainly He is good. Certainly His loyal love endures forever. Then a cloud filled the Lord's temple. The priests could not carry out their duties because of the cloud. The Lord's splendor filled God's temple. Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he lives in thick darkness. O Lord, I have built a lofty temple for you, a place where you can live permanently. Then the king turned around and pronounced a blessing over the whole Israelite assembly as they stood there. He said, The Lord God of Israel is worthy of praise because he has fulfilled what he promised to Uh, promised my father David. He told David, Since the day I brought my people out of the land of Egypt, I have not chosen a city from all the tribes of Israel to build a temple in which to live, nor did I choose a man as a leader of my people Israel. But now I have chosen Jerusalem as a place to live, and I have chosen David to lead my people Israel. 
Now my father David had a strong desire to build a temple to honor the Lord God of Israel. The Lord told my father David, It is right for you to have a strong desire to build a temple to honor me, but you will not build the temple. Your very own son will build the temple for my honor. The Lord has kept the promise he made. I have taken my father David's place and have occupied the throne of Israel, as the Lord promised. I have built this temple for the honor of the Lord God of Israel and set up in it a place for the ark containing the covenant of the Lord made with the Israelites. He stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the entire assembly of Israel and spread out his hands. Solomon had made a bronze platform and had placed it in the middle of the enclosure. It was seven and a half feet long, seven and a half feet wide, and four and a half feet high. He stood on it and then got down on his knees in front of the entire assembly of Israel. He spread out his hands toward the sky and prayed, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth. You maintain covenant loyalty to your servants who obey you with sincerity. You have kept your word to your servant, my father David. This very day you have fulfilled what you have promised. Now, O Lord God of Israel, keep the promise you made to your servant, my father David, when you said, You will never fail to have a successor ruling before me on the throne of Israel, provided that your descendants watch their step and obey my law as you have done. Now, O Lord God of Israel, may the promise you made to your servant David be realized. God does not really live with humankind on the earth. Look, if the sky and the highest heaven cannot contain you, how much less this temple I have built. But respond favorably to your servant's prayer and his request for help. O Lord my God, answer the desperate prayer your servant is presenting to you. Night and day may you watch over this temple, the place where you promised you would live. May you answer your servant's prayer for this place. Respond to the requests of your servant and your people Israel from the, for this place. Hear from your heavenly dwelling place and respond favorably and forgive. When someone is accused of sinning against his neighbor and the latter pronounces a curse on the alleged offender before your altar in this temple, listen from heaven and make a just decision about your servant's claims. Condemn the guilty party, declare the other innocent, and give both of them what they deserve. If your people Israel are defeated by an enemy because they sinned against you, then if they come back to you, renew their allegiance to you and pray for your help before, your, before you in this temple. Then listen from heaven, forgive the sin of your people Israel, and bring them back to the land you gave them and their ancestors. The time will come when the skies are shut up tightly and no rain falls because your people sinned against you. When they direct their prayers toward this place, renew their allegiance for you and turn away from their sin because you punish them. Then listen from heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel. Certainly, you will then teach them the right way to live and send rain on the land, on your land that you have given your people to possess. The time will come when the land suffers from a famine, a plague, blight, and disease, or a locust invasion, or when their enemy lays siege to the cities of the land, or when some other type of plague or epidemic occurs. When all your people Israel pray and ask for help as they acknowledge their intense pain and spread out their hands toward this temple, then listen from your heavenly dwelling place, forgive their sin, and act favorably toward each one based on your evaluation of their motives. Indeed, you are the only one who can correctly evaluate the motives of all people. Then they will honor you by obeying you throughout their lifetimes as they live on the land you gave them, you gave to their ancestors. Foreigners who do not belong to your people Israel will come from a distant land because of your great reputation and your ability to accomplish mighty deeds. They will come and direct their prayers toward this temple. Then listen from your heavenly dwelling place and answer all the prayers of the foreigners. Then all the nations of the earth will acknowledge your reputation, obey you as your people Israel do, and recognize that this temple I built belongs to you. 
when you direct your people to march out and fight their enemies, and they direct their prayers to you toward this chosen city and this temple I built for your honor, then listen from heaven to their prayers for help and vindicate them. The time will come when your people will sin against you, for there is no one who is sinless, and you will be angry at them and deliver them over to their enemies, who will take them as prisoners to their land, whether far away or close by. When your people come to their senses in the land where they are held prisoner, they will repent and beg for mercy in the land of their imprisonment, admitting, We have sinned and gone astray, we have done evil. When they return to you with all their heart and being in the land where they are held prisoner and direct their prayers toward the land you gave their ancestors, your chosen city and the temple I built for your honor, then listen from your heavenly dwelling place to their prayers for help, vindicate them and forgive your sinful people. Now, my God, May you be attentive and responsive to their prayers uttered in this place. Now ascend, O Lord God, to your resting place, you and the ark of your strength. May your priests, O Lord God, experience your deliverance. May your loyal followers rejoice in the prosperity you give. O Lord God, do not reject your chosen ones. Remember the faithful promises you made to your servant David. When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the Lord's splendor filled the temple. The priests were unable to enter the Lord's temple because the Lord's splendor filled the Lord's temple. When all the Israelites saw the fire come down from the Lord's splendor over the temple, they got on their knees with their faces downward toward the pavement. They worshipped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, Certainly he is good. Certainly his loyal love endures. The king and all the people were presenting sacrifices to the Lord. King Solomon sacrificed 22,000 cattle and 120,000 sheep. Then the king and all the people dedicated God's temple. The priests stood in their assigned spots, along with the Levites who had the musical instruments used for praising the Lord. These were the ones King David made for giving thanks to the Lord, and which were used by David when he offered praise, saying, Certainly his loyal love endures. Opposite the Levites, the priests were blowing the trumpets, while all Israel stood there. Solomon consecrated the middle of the courtyard that is in front of the Lord's temple. He offered burnt sacrifices, grain offerings, and the fat from the peace offerings there because the bronze altar that Solomon had made was too small to hold all these offerings. At that time, Solomon and all Israel with him celebrated a festival for seven days. This great assembly included people from Libo Hamath in the north to the stream of Egypt in the south. On the eighth day they held an assembly, for they had all dedicated the altar for seven days and celebrated the festival for seven more days. On the twenty-third day of the seventh month, Solomon sent the people home. They left happy and contented because of the good the Lord had done for David, Solomon, and his people Israel. And after Solomon finished building the Lord's temple and the royal palace and accomplished all the plans for the Lord's temple and his royal palace, the Lord appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have answered your prayer and the cho and chosen this place to be my temple where sacrifices are to be made. When I close up the sky so that it doesn't rain, or command locusts to devour the land's vegetation, or send a plague among my people, if my people who belong to me humble themselves, pray, seek to please me, and repudiate their sinful practices, then I will respond from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Now I will be attentive and responsive to the prayers offered in this place. Now I have chosen and consecrated this temple by making it my permanent home. I will be constantly present there. You must serve me as your father David did. Do everything I commanded and obey my rules and regulations. Then I will establish your dynasty, just as I promised your father David. You will not fail to have a successor ruling over Israel.
But if you're, if you people ever turn away from me, fail to obey the regulations and rules I instructed you to keep, and decide to serve and worship other gods, then I will remove you from the land I have given you. I will abandon this temple I have consecrated with my presence, and I will make you an object of mockery and ridicule among the nations. As for this temple, which was once majestic, everyone who passes by it will be shocked and say, Why did the Lord do this to the land and to this temple? Others will then answer, Because they abandoned the Lord God of their ancestors, who led them out of Egypt. They embraced other gods whom they worshipped and served. That is why he brought all this disaster down on them. And so we have this uh, piece that wasn't part of the other uh, passage before, and that is this warning from God, again, that he will dwell and he will answer prayers and he will listen, but also this warning that if they turn away from him, he will bring consequences upon them. And those consequences, as we'll see and we read the history later on, are the consequences that come because the people do turn away. And Solomon himself, actually, in not too distant future, uh, begins to worship and set up temples for other gods as well. And it shows us our need to constantly turn toward God, day in and day out, no matter who we are. And Psalm 121 is a song of ascent, a song that's sung as people came to worship at the temple, as they walked towards it. And it's a song that reminds us of our need to turn our eyes towards God and the fact that He is the God who answers when we do. Psalm 121. A song of ascent. I look up toward the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord the creator of heaven and earth. May he not allow your foot to slip. May your protector not sleep. Look, Israel's protector does not sleep or slumber. The Lord is your protector. The Lord is the shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day or the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect you in all you do now and forevermore. What a wonderful psalm reminding us of God's grace and his mercy to protect and to care for people who turn their eyes towards him. And now we'll conclude today by reading from 1 Timothy chapter 4, where Paul gives further instructions to Timothy about how to live his life and the life of the church in a way that honors God and turns our eyes towards him. 1 Timothy 4. Now the Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times some will desert the faith and occupy themselves with deceiving spirits and demonic teachings influenced by the hypocrisy of liars whose consciences are seared. They will prohibit marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creation of God is good, and no food is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by God's word and by prayer. By pointing out such things to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, having nourished yourself on the words of the faith of the good teaching that you have followed. But reject those myths fit only for the godless and gullible, and train yourself for godliness. For physical exercise has some value, but godliness is valuable in every way. It holds promise for the present life and the life to come. This saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. In fact, that is, this is why we work hard and struggle, because we have set our hope on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of believers. Command and teach these things. Let no one look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in your speech, conduct, love, faithfulness, and purity. 
until I come, give attention to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you have, given to you and confirmed by prophetic words when the elders laid hands on you. Take pains with these things. Be absorbed in them so that everyone will see your progress. Be conscientious about how you live and what you teach. Persevere in this, because by doing so, you will save both yourself and those who listen to you. Quite an instruction to Timothy there, basically to guard his heart and his mind with the good news of Jesus, the good news of the gospel, to keep his heart and mind focused on God, on Jesus, on the gospel. And by doing so, that he's not only doing good things in his own heart and life for himself, but by doing so, he becomes a wonderful example to the people he is leading and serving. And I think that's a wonderful reminder for all of us, if we're calling ourselves Christians, that how we live and how we speak and what we do is a reflection of God's work in us, changing and shaping us more into the people he wants us to be, more into people who resemble our Savior Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You're-